Welcome back to Unonymous, where the anonymous are unanimous. This is Daniel Nakovich, your host for Unonymous. And I plan to be your host for quite a while coming. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Um, I do want to mention our sponsors. It would be Harry Stanley at Spire Marketing. You can find their .com website. It's spiremk.com. That's S-P-I-R-E-M-K.com. They love helping small and medium businesses transform their online presence. Seeing customers go from hating how their brand looks to loving it really motivates them. Uh, their end goal is to add value to customers, employees, and communities. Their mission is to become one of the top digital marketing agencies in the United States. Won't you help them? I'm trying to, so let's all try to work together to help them reach their goal. They strive to deliver amazing products and services at a competitive price to businesses all across the nation. Now that sounds like something that we should all strive for. And I really mean it too. Okay, so we're going to jump right into this. Everybody has heard of the, um, the World Economic Forum leader, Klaus Schlob. Or is it Schlob? Oh, Schwab. Oh, excuse me. Klaus Schlob. And we've heard of Justin... What's his name? Justin True... No. Uh, uh, Justin Castro. Wait, that's not it either. I think it's Justin Crudo. Crude oil. Crude. Trudeau. Oh, I'm getting... I'm getting uh, the answers in my ear. I guess I'm not saying it correct. Charles Schwab, or Slob, whichever you like. Or not Charles Schwab. <laughs> Excuse me. Klaus. Klaus Schlob. Uh, has uh, told the world that the, the, um, uh, the New World Order, that there will not be another. Let me see if I can get his, uh, his articulation right. It's German, and most likely Nazi Germany. So let's see if we can uh, copy his, uh, his uh, Nazi uh, accent. Klaus... Martin Schwab is a German engineer and economics. Uh, in 1971, he founded what would become the World Economic Forum, where he currently serves as executive chairman. Now, of course, Klaus Schwab is uh, the Germans. You know, the Germans. It started uh, World War Two. Anyways, he says all that they, that we have known so far in the world is no longer going to be because he has declared with all the elites in the world at Davos and all the different places that there shall be no more normal in the United States, in the world, especially in the United States, though. We must not allow the United States to have their normal ever again. 
because the world is changing and only the elites will be allowed to live, don't you know? Well, um, Mr. Klaus Schwab Slab, uh, has many different ideas. And his ideas is that um, no one, uh, no one should um, ever discount his, his great reasoning, of course. Just like Hitler, you know, Hitler was, uh, he was quite a man. He was quite uh, a genius, as a great genius, you know. And uh, Klaus Schwab, or Klaus Slav, whichever you want, uh, it seems that he has uh, the same genius as uh, uh, Sir, uh, Sir Hitler, as uh, he has. So we, uh, so we go back and we talk about the Klaus Schwab and his design for the world, of course, uh, all the elites will live and all these uh, servants, which uh, that would be the under people that don't have enough money to you know, buy food and stuff. And of course, they'll choke off all the water and all of the food and all the oil so that nobody can do anything. All these fake crises that they're making come around in the world. Why are they doing it? I'll tell you why they're doing it. They are doing it because they want everyone to think, oh, you see, before there was other information, what they're having a problem with is that there's too much information out there. We must cut all the information. Why must we cut the free speech? I'll tell you why we must cut the free speech. Because uh, someone might get to the truth of the matter, and then all of these uh, elites will look like fools. And we can't do that, right? No. This is not the way that things must be done. No, with the Klaus Schlab in place and the Justin Trudeau, no, I mean uh, Justin Trudeau oil, that, uh, that uh, no, we cannot, we cannot have freedom because if we take the freedom away some, from the people, then we are free to do as we please. Today, Berlin, tomorrow, the world. Oh, in the, the most famous words or the infamous words of the Hitler. Anyways, so I'm going to do part of my broadcast with my one of my most famous accents. It's the German accent. And of course, Van Klaus Schlab is our uh, person that we are highlighting today. Now, he is very, very proud of himself and all that he has done and how that he has, uh, of course, had uh, Justin Trudeau. Um, he's had uh, the Xi Jinping and the, um, and of course, he's had, um, who's the guy, uh, Putin? Uh, yes, I think it was Putin. He's had all of these Macron, Johnson, Boris Johnson. I'm not sure if he had Donald Trump there, but he's had all of these other uh, useful pawns that they have basically, um, you know, propped up and they've given them things that uh, they couldn't have without their help. Uh, leadership for one thing, leadership positions. Of course, leadership is different than leadership positions. And of course, they have installed these uh, these non-leaders in leadership positions so that they can be puppets in the hands of the World Economic Forums. Uh, 
Oh, and one of um, Klaus Schwab's favorite people is uh, Bill Gates. I'm sure you've heard of him. Yes, his father was the father of the uh, the president of Planned Parenthood, and of course they believe in the killing of the babies. They believe in killing uh, of almost everybody until it gets down to about 500 million people. Well, this, this is the way of the world, right? Of course, they don't believe in God. But for many people, I tell you this. There are many people who are afraid of these people. Why are they afraid of them? Oh, well, I'll tell you why they're afraid of them. Because they own lots of countries. They put a lot of money in there. They have uh, they've paid for their leaders. They've paid to... Um, ruin the voting systems and they have paid to do all kinds of things so that they can have their power their power puppets in place and then they can tell them what to do they pull the strings and of course the little puppets jump and do as they are called to do because that's what they do so what does the bible say about all these people there were many many leaders that thought they were the greatest in the world nebuchadnezzar was considered the greatest king that ever the most powerful king that ever walked on the earth even god himself said he was the king of kings of all the kings of the earth and that there was no other greater king than himself of course we read about that in the book of daniel so what do we see here? I'll tell you what we see in Psalms 49. I read it yesterday on a, in, in a conference, or rather in um, reference to Revelations chapter 3, verse 3. And that is about the church, the Laodicean church, that goes after everything in the world, money, uh, self-indulgence, all these things. Well, there was a verse in there, and it's called in the verse 5 of 49 Psalms. It says, Why should I fear in times of trouble when the iniquity of those who cheat me surrounds me? Those who trust in their wealth and boast of the abundance of their riches, truly no man can ransom another or give to God the price of his life, for the ransom of their life is costly and can never suffice, that he should live on forever and never seize a bit. Okay, why should I fear in times of trouble when the iniquity of those who cheat me surrounds me? Let me see, I think there are a lot of world leaders that are cheating the people out of true elections, out of food, out of uh, gasoline, fuel, out of, out of the truth. And of course, if you speak the truth, remember the reason why Jesus was crucified. He says, I came to bear witness to the truth. Why? Because he is the truth. And so anyone who speaks the truth is aligned with Jesus Christ, whether they like it or not. Now, I would say this to all those who do not believe in Jesus and yet they love the truth. How can you, how can you get around Jesus? You can't. He was crucified and you'll be crucified too for speaking the truth. Look at it. The cancel culture, well, they canceled God a long time ago. They are canceled the children for many, many years now. Those children aren't even allowed to walk on the earth. 
So will you be in the cancel culture too? Will you be the one canceling Christ Jesus, all the children, and anyone who disagrees with you? As if you have all the truth yourself. But if you love truth, as you might say that you do, I'm not talking about your truth. I'm talking about the truth. Then you cannot ignore or avoid Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So, getting back to our chapter, chapter 49 of Psalms. Why should I fear in times of trouble when the iniquity of those who cheats me surrounds me? Now, I want to look at the word iniquity because it is a very... Um, very important word in what it means. It means wickedness. I think we see plenty of that. When iniquity, okay, surrounds us. Let's read that chapter again, that verse. When the iniquity of those who cheat me surrounds me. Well, let's see. When the wickedness of those who cheat me, or the sinfulness of those who cheat me, the immorality, these are all the definitions of iniquity, by the way, in case you're wondering why I keep putting different words in there, these are the words for iniquity. Impropriety, vice, evil, sin, villainy, criminality, crime, heinousness, nefariousness, knavery, vileness, foulness, baseness, odiousness, atrociousness, dreadfulness and gregariousness. I hope I spelled that right. I mean, I pronounce the word right. Egregiousness. 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 Oh, there we are. I think that I've heard this word before, yeah. Okay, so these are the people that cheat you. Why should you be afraid in times of trouble when all these things are happening? Now I want to go directly to uh, Psalms 71. Why should we go there? Because it takes, you know, the troubled times have come to the earth many, many times. Okay, there have been many, like we we're saying, many, many kings have risen up. Herod was, his, his goal was to get rid of Jesus. If you've read anything about Herod, he called himself Herod the Great. My daughter said, no, he is Herod the Horrible, and I would have to agree with her. Herod was the child of Esau, the lineage of Esau. The very reason why God hated Esau and loved Jacob. Many of the Talmudic people act like Esau, not like Jacob. So here we go. Doesn't mean that God cannot save those from the lineage of Esau, but they must leave their iniquity behind, just like everyone must. So, Psalm 71, it, said, it tells what we are to pray for these evil people. And I'm going to try and get through this really quickly. Okay, so, in you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come. You have given the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp 
of the unjust and the cruel man. For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth. Upon you I have learned from before my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. I have been as a portent to many, but you are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with praise and with your glory all the day. Do not catch me off, and in the time of my old age, forsake me not when my strength is, is spent. For my enemies speak concerning me. Those who watch for my life consult together and say, God has forsaken him. Pursue and seize him, for there is none to deliver him. O God, be not far from me, O my God, make haste to help me, for my accusers, may my accusers be put to shame and consumed. Now, this is what we need to pray into these ranks of these elites, okay? Listen to me, von Klanschauslaven. May my accusers be put to shame and consumed with scorn. May all these elites be put to scorn, consumed with shame, put to shame, and disgrace may be covered. May they be covered who seek my hurt. Okay, there are many people trying to persecute the people of God. Oh, what says right here? Bless those who curse you is what Jesus says. Yes, bless and curse not. Pray for those who persecute you. And we are praying for them. This is a prayer that I would pray. May my accusers be put to shame and consumed with scorn and disgrace. You see, the Bible's full of prayers. Well, let's just take one out and pray for them. My accusers, may my accusers be put to shame and consumed. Ah, oh, that's a nice prayer. With scorn and disgrace, may they be covered who seek my hurt. Oh, that sounds like a very nice prayer. But I will hope continually, and I will praise you yet more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day, for their number is past my knowledge. That is, my days are past my own knowledge. I don't know when they will be or how long they will be, if they will end, if they will arrive. When Jesus is here, I don't know. With the mighty deeds of the Lord God, I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. O God, from my youth, you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. Your righteousness, O God, reaches to the heavens. You who have done great things, O God, who is like you? You have made me see my troubles and calamities. Will revive me again. From the depths of the earth, you will bring me up again. You will increase my greatness and comfort me again. I will also praise you with a harp for your faithfulness. Oh my God, I will sing praises to you with a lyre. O Holy One of Israel, my lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you. My soul also will, which you have redeemed 
and my tongue will talk of your righteous help all the day long, for they have been too, for they have been put to shame and disappointed who sought me hurt. Those are wonderful, wonderful scriptures, don't you think so? So I'm going to read another one that uh, it talks about this. Um, and it says about uh, those who fear God. Now it says, verse 4 in Psalm 34, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him. Do you feel like you're poor? Do you feel like God doesn't answer you? Let me tell you, the Lord answers. If you come to him and you believe, you shall be heard by the Almighty God if you believe. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. Isn't that wonderful? Your face shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around about those who fear him and delivers them. Are you afraid today you don't need to be for the Lord, the angel of the Lord, encamps around about you if you fear the Lord? What does it mean to fear the Lord? It means to hate evil. It means to fear him so much that you dare not do something that might offend him. Why? Because you will receive consequence for your offense. So I beg each one of us, don't. Don't forget to fear the Lord when we call upon his name. First, we must fear him, and then we can call on him. And then he says, and I will deliver you. Isn't that great news? Of course it is. If I could hear the applause right now, I'm sure that this ringing in my ears would not stop for days. But I can't hear it. So... Just tell your friends about it. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Have you tasted the Lord lately? What is he talking about? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. In other words, have you tasted his character? Have you tasted the essence of who he is, the greatness, the wonderfulness of him? Have you tasted and seen that God does answer and he promises to do what he says he'll do? Test him and try him. He will not fail you. I guarantee it. Not because I guarantee it, because God guarantees it. That's the only reason why God guarantees it. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. Are you lacking today? Well, maybe you're lacking in fear of the Lord. Maybe you're walking in your own ways. You see, righteousness, I keep telling this over and over again. Righteousness means to walk in the ways of God, not in the ways of man. Not following the Frank Sinatra mantra that says, I did it my way. That means you did it in the flesh. You did it in unrighteousness. You did it in unbelief. No, God is telling us, Fear the Lord. Do things his way. For those who fear him have no lack whatsoever. Do you fear him? You shall have no lack. 
The lions suffer want and hunger. Look at all the places around the world. Everybody's crying about this country and that country. Look at all the lack. Is there any fear of God there? That's my first question. That's my first question. Don't you know that God sees everything? Of course he does. But he's also given us a free will. He says there is a predictable end if you do certain things. You make certain decisions in your life and there is a predictable end for you. If you jump off a building without a parachute or anything that is 30 stories up in, the predictable end is that you will die. It's the same thing with this. If you do not fear the Lord, there is predictability in what's going on. Just right? There is a predictable end. You might end up like a third world country without knowledge, without understanding, your brain being darkened, the food being gone. Why? Because everybody does things in their own way. Without the fear of God, there is no righteousness. Think about that. The lion suffers want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord, Lord lack no good thing. Are you lacking good things? Country, are you lacking good things? Dedicate your country to the Lord and you shall lack no good thing. Guaranteed. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil. Okay, he's telling us. Here is how you fear God. Come, old children. Who's he talking to? Well, it sounds like people that are, are ignorant. That's right. They're ignorant. What? Of the truth. What else are they ignorant of? They're ignorant of God's ways. And so they're children. Why? Children must be taught. If you don't learn yourself, then you are like a child in a big, big, big world, a jungle. If you don't give yourself time to learn the ways of God, then you will walk in your own ways and you will stumble and fall and you will go into all kinds of pits because that is the predictable in when you don't decide to do make good decisions. So here, come old children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life? Do you desire life? What he's saying here is, what man doesn't desire life? And what man loves many days? Of course men love many days. And, and how many of you want to see good? Of course, everyone. That's what it's saying. What man is there that desire, who desires life? Okay, which one of you uh, wants life? That's what he's saying. And loves many days. And he that he may see good. Keep your tongue from the evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Well, now that goes back to James. The book of James, it says, uh, if you can control your tongue, then you can control your body. If you cannot control your tongue, then forget about controlling your body. Because whoever, many, many things have been tamed, but the tongue has not been tamed. Only the Holy Spirit can contains the tongue. So what are you speaking? What is your tongue speaking? What kind of evil things are you speaking? Now, evil has to do with the ways of men. What kind of evil things are you saying? 
If you're doing that, then repent. It's real simple. Stop. Just stop doing it. it. That's all it takes. And your lips from speaking deceit. Oh, it all starts with the mouth. In James it says, The tongue is like a rudder on a boat. However you turn that rudder is how the boat is going to go. Watch what your tongue says. Be careful. Don't just let it go flipping off and saying whatever it wants. I've had to repent for a lot of things. Yes, we have freedom of speech. There's no doubt about it. We have freedom of speech for the truth. Don't give your tongue license to say whatever it wants because you have freedom of speech. That's a foolish man's way of taking freedom of speech. Freedom of speech was meant that you could speak freely of the truth. That's what it was about. It wasn't about that you can go cuss someone out. How stupid. Don't be so stupid to do that and follow that example. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Watch what your tongue is saying. Don't say things that you would do. There was a man who says, oh, I don't want to live old. He was up in Missouri. And I said, why? He says, I don't, you know. No, I want to be, I want to die young and, and die pretty. I said, that's a stupid philosophy. You need to change that right now. He says, you know what? You're right. And he stopped saying, I said, I would stop saying that's a stupid statement. That's a, that's a stupid philosophy. Die young so that you can look good. Right. Well, as soon as you go to the grave, you look really bad. You think getting old makes you look bad. Try, try dying and see how bad you're going to look. Turn away from evil and do good. Turn away from evil. We've been talking about that, right? That is your ways. Turn away from evil. Turn away from doing man's ways. Okay, I'm morphing into a different accent. So you're going to have to stay with me now, okay? We've, we've changed now. We are talking in a different way now. Now we're talking with another German. We're not sure who he is. But it's another German. Okay, turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. For the, the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil. You want to get on God's bad side? Start doing evil. Start doing things your way to cut off the memory of them from the earth. Most people don't even know who Herod the, the horrible was, but God, God, the, the almighty God, works to cut their name off from the memory of them from the earth so that nobody even remembers them. Nothing they do will be remembered. Now look at the Bible. Now these stories are thousands of years old, and yet we're still talking about them. Why? Because they did good. They repented of their evil deeds. When the righteous, that is those who walk in the ways of God, cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those of a broken and brokenhearted, excuse me, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Don't you like that? 
it seems like sometimes people say things are just terrible. I've never had a good day in my life, and that's true. Well, fear the Lord. Turn to him. Call upon his name. Fear him. Stop speaking deceitfully. Stop doing the things that are evil. Start fearing God and then call on his name. See what happens. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. You see, I'm reading this twice because once we sometimes forget, but twice we'll remember it better. But if you write it down, you won't forget it. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked. And those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servant. None of those who take refuge in him will ever be condemned. And I want to go to another place here. And that is Psalms 37 because it talks about it talks about pretty much what's going on in every age there's never an age like this fret not yourself because of evil doers klaus van schlab bill gates anthony fauci all these justin crude oil fret not yourself because of evil doers be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Are you worried about these people? I would say this. Forgive them and carry on your life. They're going to fade like the grass. But you will be strong if you fear God and walk in his ways. Trust in the Lord and do good. There it is again. Don't walk in evil, which is your ways. To do good means to walk in the ways of righteousness, which is the way of God. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. What does it mean to delight in the Lord? What really does delight in the Lord mean? Well, we have um, some words here. Uh, you're captivated, you're thrilled, you have pleasure when you think about the Lord, you're ha you have great happiness, great joy, you have glee, gladness, gratification. So be gleeful on your thoughts about the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. You want God to act on your behalf? Well, Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. He will bring forth righteousness as the light, and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. We look all around us. Ah, what do we see? We see many evil devices all over the place, and everybody seems to be getting into it. It seems like it seems like the Egyptians crushing the Israelites in front of the Red Sea, except for God's hand kept back the Egyptians, didn't it? Of course it did. Why? Because God was tricking Pharaoh and his army. 
Yes, please, come all the way. Come into the water, little boys. Come into the uh, into the the water. The water's really great in here. It's warm. Please come in. And so God held them back, and they were walking, and it was dry ground. And they said, Ah, we can't get past the cloud, but soon as we get out in the open desert, we will capture these slaves of ours, and we shall kill them. Oh, but God tricked them, didn't he? Sometimes we feel like we're like that. We're between a rock and a hard place. And uh, what happens? What happens is we get feeling like the God isn't with us. But and that's what happened to the Israelites. He was right there in the cloud, and they did. They forgot that um, he was um, not. He, he was not going to leave them. But they forgot that he was there. But it was only God's plan to destroy the whole army of the Egyptians, along with the Pharaoh. That's right. Commit your ways to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. He will act on your behalf. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. We see all these people doing all the evil. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. You know, sometimes we have to wait. We're in a society, in a world where we can't wait for anything. We can get it now. Wait to see God act on our behalf over these evil people that are trying to destroy all of us. Over the man who carries out evil devices. Klaus van Schlab. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. So, in other words, don't you become evil. Don't you get all mixed up in your own ways, thinking that the ways of man, as uh, I believe it is in uh, James once again, it says, it says, the wrath of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. The anger, your anger towards all of these. Refrain from anger, says his forsake wrath. Your anger cannot bring righteousness in another person. Even against your own self, you might be angry at yourself or you made a flub up. Repent. Ask God to forgive you. When it says repent, it means turn away from your evil ways. Stop obeying your flesh. For the evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. What, be still before the Lord and wait patiently before him? Or wait patiently for him. Don't be in a rush. Wait. Just like the Israelites had to wait for God to open up the Red Sea, but God was actually waiting for Moses. He says, what are you waiting for? Stretch forth the rod and the the waters will open. And that's exactly what happened. In just a little while, the wicked wicked will be no more. This is verse 10. Oh, where, where are our enemies? Where are our pursuers? They're gone. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land. Oh, it sounds like Jesus said this. The meek shall inherit the earth. This is true. It's very true. Who are the meek? And what does it mean to be meek? Well, let's look up the word meek. What is the actual meaning for the word meek? 
I will tell you what it means. It means to be patient, long-suffering, forbearing, resigned, gentle, quiet, shy, retiring, reverent, peaceful, peaceable, docile, lamb-like, mild, demure, modest, humble, lowly, diffident, unassuming, self-effacing, unpretentious, unambitious. God is wanting us not to be ambitious in this world or what we can do and how we can accomplish and how we can conquer. No, Jesus Christ is our king. He's the conquering king. What we must conquer before we do anything else is conquer our own desires. First conquer here. Conquer yourself. Make your own flesh submissive to the Lord. And then you can go out and try to make someone else submissive. But of course, then there's a whole thing about free will. Jesus does not make anyone believe in him. Neither can we make anyone believe in him. All of our posturing, all of our persuasiveness, even Paul, when he was trying to make the kings come to Christ, he could not convince them, although he said, I wish I could persuade everyone to believe in Jesus. But you see, men love their own ways. They love their own wickedness. Wickedness. The the, the desires of their own flesh reaches out and grabs them by the throat, throws them to the ground, and they can't get up. And when that happens, that's when, if you truly want to be delivered from this flesh of yours, you must call on Christ, who has overcome the flesh. Back to verse 11. But the meek shall inherit the land and delights himself in abundant peace. Hmm. Is there wars and rumors of wars? The meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes his teeth at him. But the Lord laughs at the wicked. Ha, 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 he says. For he sees that his day is coming. How could he not see when his day is coming? He is God Almighty. He knows when their days are over. He gives them a chance to repent. And what do they do? They waste that chance. They throw it away, thinking that they'll live forever, and if they do die, they'll come back as a unicorn or something else. Crazy, crazy, crazy. These elites, you know, they all believe in, uh, what is it, um, what is the doctrine that, uh, reincarnation, there it is. I'm getting a little voice in my ear. It's reincarnation. They believe that they'll come back. Oh, it doesn't matter how I am in this life. I'm coming back as something else. But the Lord laughs at the wicked. Those who follow their own ways and their own devices, who think on their beds. How can we make mankind suffer more? These people. And those who forsake Christ, they're evil. For he sees that their day is coming. The wicked draws a sword, and they bend their bows to bring down the poor and the needy, the wicked. The poor and the needy, how often do we see governments setting up other governments like Dulles did for uh, Guatemala? They set up little Hitlers all around the world because they were started by the SS. I'm not sure if most people know that. Big surprise. 
Not surprised. Look at that paperclip. Operation paperclip that Harry S. Truman put together. And they brought over SS 100,000 SS intelligence scientists, all kinds. This is a well-known fact. Evil men they brought over here. The wicked draw the sword and bend their bows to bring down the poor and the needy, to slay those who, whose way is upright. Their sword shall enter their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. Better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. Oh, and we see that, right? Oh, they praise him. Oh, look at him. He's a despot, but look, he's got money. He has so much. He has houses, cars, servants. He must be great. But God is pointing out something very important. Better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked, many people. All of these elites that are so wealthy and they're so proud of themselves. And they walk around like peacocks. You ever hear peacock crow? We used to have a peacock down the road from us. The ladies, the Meachams. Well, no, it's the Lydells. Oh, excuse me. They live next door to the Meachams, but the Lydells... They had the peacocks, several peacocks. It scared me to death at night. They have the awfulest scream at all. Oh, they look pretty, but when they talk, they're terrible. And that's like the wicked. Oh, they have much feathers around them and things that surround them. And they shake it and make everybody shudder because they're so big. But as soon as they open their mouth, you're like, ah, oh, shut my ears. I can't stand what they're saying. They're awful. They have an awful cry. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken. Who do you think is going to do that? The Lord is, I tell you, but the Lord upholds the righteous. Better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. How boring of a life it is that does not need God, that they have everything that they need except for God Almighty. This is a terrible way to be. And for those who are righteous, who walk in the ways of God and not in their own ways, God is saying, you know, I know you only have a crust of bread, but that crust of bread is better than all the riches of all the wicked. The Lord knows the days of the blameless and their heritage will remain forever. Do you see that? Their heritage will remain forever. They are not put to shame in evil times. Oh, these are evil times. Oh, so are they. Oh, so? In the days of famine, they have abundance. What do we? We have a lot of preppers. They're righteous people, but they are afraid. They're not trusting in the Lord. They are afraid what the evil will do to them. But if you have the Lord, you don't have to worry about that. Let God take care of you. He took care of the, what was it, three million Hebrews, or two million Hebrews and a million Egyptians in in the wilderness for 40 years. He fed them for 40 years. And they had children too. What are we afraid of? Look at Elijah who, who lived three and a half years in the wilderness with a, with a woman. 
and God fed him. He fed him with the with the crows. He fed him with angels. Don't you think that this loving God who we serve, who we fear, will not do the same for us? What is wrong with our brains? I'm wondering. But the wicked will perish. Oh, look at that. The Lord knows the days of the blameless and the heritage will remain forever. That's a good word. Now we skip down to verse 20. But the wicked will perish. Do you know what the word perish means? Do you understand the word perish? I will tell you from the dictionary. It says die, lose one's life, be killed, fall, expire. Meet one's death, be lost, lay down one's life, breathe one's last, draw one's last breath, pass away, come to an end, be destroyed, cease to exist, disappear, vanish, fade, dissolve, evaporate, melt away, pass into oblivion, wither. That's what happens to the wicked, those who follow after their own ways. They will, this will be their end. It's a predictable end. You want a predictable end? There's no more predictable end than that. If you're wicked, if you're following in your own ways, then your end will be, you will come to an end. You will die, be destroyed, cease to exist, disappear, vanish, fade, dissolve, evaporate, melt away, pass into oblivion lose one's life you will be killed fall apart expire meet one's death be lost lay down one's life breathe one's last this is for the wicked but for the righteous the blameless those who walk in the ways of god their heritage will remain forever they are not put to shame in evil times. In days of famine, they have abundance. But the wicked will perish. The enemies of the Lord are like the glory of the pastures. They vanish like smoke. They vanish away. Predictable endings. Predictable endings. The wicked borrows, but does not pay back. Oh, have you ever borrowed something and you not paid it back? The Bible says that's wickedness. So we should not borrow something and not give it back. That is considered wickedness. But the righteous is generous and he gives. Just because you give does not mean you're righteous, by the way. But those who are righteous, they are generous and they do give. Many people give because they want people to think they're righteous because that's what righteous people do. But just because you give does not mean that you're righteous. No, the righteousness comes through the blood of Jesus Christ and the price that he paid. There is no other righteousness that is allowed before God except for the price that Jesus paid. There is no other currency that works in heaven to pay for our sins and brings blamelessness to us for those blessed by the lord shall inherit the land but those cursed by him shall be cut off that's a scary but that's those are predictable ends folks the steps of a man are established by the lord when he delights in his way though he fall he shall not be cast headlong for the lord upholds his hand i have been young 
and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. He is ever lending generously, and his children become a blessing. Ah, that is wonderful. God loves families. It's all over. These are predictables. You want to know, oh, many people say, I don't know where my life is going. I tell you what, get your character right. Walk in righteousness. Don't walk in the evil of the, ma the, the man's ways. Don't do that, because if you do, there's a predictable outcome that I'm not sure that you want to face, but it's there. Turn away from evil and do good. I, it's continuously through this whole book. So shall you dwell forever. For the Lord loves justice. He will not forsake his saints. They will... They are preserved forever, but the children of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell upon it forever. But the children, many people love their children. Some don't, but many people do. But those who are wicked, even their own children of the wicked shall be cut off. That's a sad thing. I don't think anyone wants to leave an inheritance that's bad for their own children. I don't think so. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell upon it forever. The mouth of the righteous utters wisdom and his tongue speaks justice. This is how you know if someone is righteous. His tongue speaks justice and the other's wisdom, when you listen, you say, ah, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. The law of his God is in his heart. His, his steps do not slip. Now, there's a verse in uh, Proverbs. It's Proverbs 31. is talking about the the woman, the, the above Hurubi's woman. But it first talks to the, the man, the prince. He says, strong drink is not for Kings, O Lemuel, my son of my womb. Why? Because it makes you forget the laws of God. It makes you forget his precepts. When people get drunk, they do stupid things. Well, it's not just stupid things. What it is, it's, it's sin. They are doing sins, and they are getting away or excusing themselves because, oh, I had a little bit too much to drink, and I did some stupid things, but I'm okay now. Really? The law of his God is in his heart. When you drink and you lose your mind with drugs, alcohol, and other things, you rip or you silence the voice of God in your heart. You can't even hear it. It makes you forget the laws of God. The wicked watches for the righteous and seeks to put him to death. We have seen this all over the place. The Lord will not abandon him to his power. In other words, God will not abandon the righteous to those who seek his death. To the wicked ones, God's not going to put his righteous people into hands of the power of the wicked. No, or let him be condemned when he is brought to trial. Wait for the Lord and keep his way. Ah, keep his way. There's the way. Keep his righteousness and he will exalt you to inherit the land you will look on when the wicked are cut off. I have seen a wicked, ruthless man spreading himself like a green laurel tree. 
But he passed by, and behold, he was no more. Though I sought him, he could not be found. He was a wicked man, a man lost in his own ways, not in the ways of God. Mark the blameless, and behold the upright, for there is a future for that man of peace, but transgressors shall be altogether destroyed. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. Predictable ends. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their stronghold in the time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. That's wonderful. Well, I wanted to thank everyone for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the entertainment. I said, you know, we would try to do some entertainment. My wife was telling me about that because I hadn't been too entertaining on, on some of my things. Because it is serious matter, I thought I could take a little bit of, few, um, poke some fun at some people in, uh, in this world as the Bible does right here. The Bible definitely takes shots at the wicked and those who think they're in power. And the same thing with us. Where's our trust at? Are, do we trust these guys? Uh, if we trust in them, then we're really putting a big slap in the Lord's face. I don't trust these guys. I don't trust them at all. The Von Klaus slobs, the Justin crude oils, or the Billy Gates, or the Billy Goats of this world. I don't trust them. I don't trust their words. They may say that they're going to do something. They may say that this is the way it is. I don't trust them. I trust in what the Lord says, that they're wicked. They're walking in their own ways. And anyone who does, myself included, if I walk in my own ways, the ways of my flesh, I can be sure that I will find the, 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 the hard stick on my behind from God. Folks, the kingdom of God is not America. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of God. He is high and lifted up. He is the great almighty. There is none like him in all the earth. He is the one and the only, the great God. Now for us to ignore this and think that, oh, I'm greater than God, we don't know anything. Shoot. God created all things. He created the, he created the heavens. He created the earth. Oh, many people don't believe that, but... Even in our speech, it speaks of it. When we say universe, it means one word spoken. Did you know that? Universe. It's a verse, and it's uni, one. One word spoken, which is what the Bible says. God spoke and created all things. Okay, that's how it is. Whether we believe it or not, our own language speaks of the glory and the greatness of God. So what I'd like to do now is I'd like to invite everybody to donate as much money as they possibly can to our next sponsor. When I say sponsor, I'm kind of sponsoring them. It's called Zero Turn Hero. And I'll give you more information sooner rather than later in one of my other podcasts. But it's an anti-bullying campaign. What it is is people standing up for truth, people standing up for other people. 
See, bullies, it's an anti-bullying campaign. Bullies decimate and destroy lives while heroes save and build up lives. So, and that also is a decision. We decide what we're going to do. These leaders, and I don't call them great leaders. I call them despots. They use their power to decimate people's lives, to destroy them. There are few heroes in this life. But if we'll, we can be a hero and we can help save other people's lives. One last story before I pray. I, um, I moved away when I was 21 from home. I was asked to run for governor when I was 18. I had a, a, a lady, a very wealthy lady, who asked me to run for the governor of the state of Michigan because she loved my politics at 18 years old. Actually, I was a little bit younger than that, but she kept around me and said, boy, uh, we need people like you in politics. And she was willing to uh, bankroll my political career. I talked to my mom and dad and they said, well, we don't think that that's the best idea. So I went with theirs and I said, okay. So I didn't follow through politics. And then I went to Minnesota for a while, but I came back probably about five years later on one of my trips back to Michigan from Minnesota. And uh, the neighborhood, uh, well, there was a, a girl that was a daughter of our neighbor, okay? And she came over our house and she was telling me how I was her hero. And I'm like, how did that happen? She was a beautiful girl. I didn't know who, you know, how I could be her hero. She, I said, well, why is that so? She said, one time there was a boy who was speaking very bad to me. And he was saying bad things to me and being mean to me. But you stood up for me. And you're my hero. Now, call me shocked. I was very shocked. I was like, what do I do with this? I did nothing with it. But anyways, I was surprised to find out that I was a hero and didn't even know it. And oftentimes, we are heroes and we don't even know it. But what if you were a hero and you you knew it? Go watch Brian Regan's A Hero, uh, Captain Sully. Go watch that. It's pretty funny. But he's talking about being an intentional hero. Well, that wasn't that was an accidental hero, but I'm talking about being intentional heroes. Zero turn hero. Being an an intentional hero. Don't be a bully. Don't grow up to be a bully. But grow up to be a hero. And that's an intentional thing. Just like predictable ends are. Predictable ends, good endings are intentional. Bad endings are intentional as well. So Let's go into prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this message. I pray that everybody, when I say message, this podcast, I pray that everybody who's listening, O oh Lord, will not be afraid of the evil ones out there, but that they will put their trust in you, not in these evil people. Lord, that your word is much more, much more uh, dependable than these other people's words. And Lord, I pray that they will determine what kind of predictable end that they want and they'll walk in that pathway, your pathway. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.